Hi, I'm Robbie Fowler, host of the Brand Ed Podcast, and you're listening to Relationships and Revenue with John Hewlin. This is Relationships and Revenue, the show where real answers come from real discussions about what holds men back in their relationships at home and in business. A better bottom line at work means improving life at home. This show is all about helping you become a better entrepreneur and a better man. Welcome back, everyone, to the Relationships and Revenue Podcast. I am your host, John Hewlin. As always, super excited that you decided to spend some of your time with me today. And as you heard from that intro, my guest today is Robbie Fowler. Robbie, how are you? I'm doing great. I'm so excited to be here. Well, I am equally excited to have you here. Now, folks, let me tell you a little bit about Robbie. Robbie is an entrepreneur. He is also a coach. He is a marketer. He is a podcaster, as he told you about the Brand Ed podcast. I highly recommend checking that out. So after you've listened to this episode, go check out Robbie and subscribe to his. He is also the champion of life-giving brands. He is a brand expert, but he has two other titles I want to be sure to mention to you, and that is this, husband and dad. Mm -hmm. The longest <laughs> out of all those. Been That's doing right, that one longest. probably the longest. And most important. And most important. That's right. So, Robbie, now that I kind of helped everyone get their appetite wet, mm -hmm. tell us a little bit more. Take us deeper. Uh, tell us a little more about your story, kind of how you got your start, and what led you to where you are today. Yes, I did not dream of being an entrepreneur when I was seven. You know, I wasn't in the second grade going, and one day, all of you will work for me, <laughs> uh, or, or anything like that. I, I, you know, I look back, and a lot of it, I would say, kind of circumstances helped push me and drive me to certain. Uh, decisions that that now put me in this space, but growing up, I grew up in a you know creative home. Have one one older brother. Uh, mom was wildly creative, mm. uh, and like librarian. So I grew up in that home. When if we're watching TV, there were only three TV channels back then, as you remember, John. Right? You? ABC, NBC, CBS. That was it. Right. So if we're watching something in my home, and I say, "Hey, mom," if I ask a question. My mom said, we are literally going to the Encyclopedia Britannica. We had the full set, all <laughs> volumes, right? She would never tell me the answer. We were always mm -hmm. like looking at the answer together. If we purchased a big refrigerator, mm -hmm. which we literally only did like, I think they've had two since I've been born. <laughs> they, wow. they keep, but that big box, right? Mm -hmm. That's staying in the house for months because that's going to be a castle. We're going to play in that. And, yeah. and, and so I grew up in that kind of home, but that, that was fostered. Dad, on the other hand, he was, he was uh, in school administration. Mm. And so I saw dad like figuring stuff out. Uh, when, when I was younger, we moved from Dallas, big city, to a suburb of Dallas, which at the time was tiny. Now it's where like Jerry Jones is. The, the whole Dallas organization has moved up there in that area. But when I moved there, it was a, there were two houses for sale wow. in this little bitty suburb. And my dad was the second administrator on staff there. And so like, he literally had to figure everything out, bus routes, budgets for the entire school district, like salaries, all that 
all that mess. So that's kind of the world I, I grew up in. Fast forward, went to college on a music scholarship, hmm. um, wound up kind of through some doing some summer like camp ministry thinking, eh, maybe, you know, maybe I'm called to go do full-time paid ministry. Mm-hmm. So uh, talking to a few of my professors at uh, Baylor, where I went, they were like, Hey, if you're going to do that, you, you should like drop the education. Music education is what I was pursuing mm-hmm. uh, because you don't need all those upper level education classes. If you're not going to go into education and just like pursue, if you just need the degree to then go get further training, then, you know, what about, so I switched to music composition. So there I am, I graduate college with a degree in music composition, which if you've never met anyone with a degree in music composition, now you know why. (laughs) 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 So then I'm like, oh, I wonder what I should do with this. So uh, fast forward, go to seminary and uh, got my master's there in in training and was uh, really from there on out, I was either in a church plant environment, mm-hmm. right? So if you're not, if you're listening, you're like, ah, what is that like? It's like a startup company without yes, money. It is. Okay. <laughs> and, right, and no right. products to charge, right? <laughs> so nothing to sell. So, uh, you know, all hands on deck, you wind up doing everything. Right. And that's where I got some of my first taste in what has become my business. That's where I started to, to really dabble with, with design and branding stuff. And that's mm. It was really because I would just say like, Hey, are we actually going to like put that out there to the world, you know, and it would bother me. And they would say, well, if you want to do something about it, go for it. And I just kind of taught myself all of that stuff. Um, and then left that space through a few of the relationships at the church and worked in a startup company. Mm. And that was in the technology.com hospitality industry. And then nine 11 happens. And so I was, we were with child, we had child number one and number two was on the way, mm. both, both, both young. So like, Hey, we need to eat. And so I'm, I'm kind of out there scrambling and looking landed. Um, and, and that's when I thought I'm going to take what I've learned both at the kind of church plant and then the startup company that I'd worked for, for I'd been there close to two years when, when kind of nine 11 brought everything to a screeching halt, And I just thought like, Hey, we need to eat. I think I can do what I was doing there on my own. Like, mm. because I, the, you know, like we, we had to figure something out fast. So that's where I first kind of launched my own business. So that would have been 2001 to the uh, late 2001. I believe we called it 180 communications. So me and a couple of friends would like, if we needed to do stuff together, we would collaborate. Uh, I don't think personal brands were a thing then. I'd, I, if you would have said, oh, so you're a personal brand, I would say, I don't know what you're talking about. But that's essentially what I was. Did that. And then, you know, fast forward, I bounced around between some more startup companies doing that full time or part time uh, in between that. And then spent about another 12 years doing full time ministry, but kept that business on the side. So I was always doing kind of client work. And then probably six years ago or so stepped back into doing this full, you know, full time. So now kind of like you, when I come to the space and, and uh, I, for a while was tempted to think, Oh no, as I step back into this, like, Oh, I've spent a decade out of doing this full time. 
Mm. I'm behind. You know, I felt like that was probably a detriment. Oh no, yeah. I, I'm behind the times. You know, I'm gonna have to try to build my my book of clients back up, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. Um, and I thought, oh, oh no. And what I've realized since then is all of that stuff and experience, which you would never chart out for an entrepreneur, like, oh, you want to be an entrepreneur? Here's what you're going to need to do. Go get a music composition degree. <laughs> okay. Well, when do I take a business class? No, no, hold on, hold on. Never, <laughs> right? You're never going to do that. Uh, so that's kind of the way it, you know, it felt. But now I look back and and uh, I understand a lot about how humans work, mm. and that can come in fairly handy when you're talking about branding and marketing. Mm-hmm. I understand quite a bit how humans work. That can come in real handy when you're talking about running a business, because a human runs a business. If you're an entrepreneur or a personal brand, even more so, like it's just you. <laughs> There's no other entity outside of you. Take, try taking a year off. Or six months off. If you're a personal brand, then you don't have like it shuts down. It's done. So um, that the ability to connect, and then when you look at the ministry space, you're you're doing a lot of the same stuff. I'm speaking all the time. I'm marketing. I launch several ministries. I'm starting things. I'm growing things. I'm raising up other leaders. Mm-hmm. Uh, but here's the cool thing: you you don't you don't have any leverage over those people. <laughs> They're not my employees, right? So at any time they can go, this is dumb. Yeah, I'm out. So if you can do it in that space, when you can't say, John, you like be here at 8 a.m. or you're fired, right? You don't have that leverage, then you're learning some really good skills. If you can get people to come with you, you should rather than me looking. So I've I've learned to say rather than look back at that and go, oh, I was missing out because I wasn't, you know, starting seven different businesses and growing them and selling three of them or whatever. I can now look back and go, no, man, I learned invaluable skills that I wouldn't trade for. And there's no other way I could have learned them other than kind of coming through that route. And they've made my personal brand, you know, what it is today. For sure. Tell us a little bit more about the podcast that you do, the Brand Ed Podcast. Uh, Yes. What's it all about? Who's it for? Who's listening to it? Who should be listening to it? Yes. So obviously a playoff branded, but we separated brand ed. Uh, fundamentally, one of the things I am is, is teacher. I enjoy uh, teaching. That's kind of in, it's always been life-giving to me and kind of empowering for others. So again, ministry has validated. I don't just walk around and say, I think I'm really good at this. Other folks, uh, it's always good to not just be the only one that thinks you're good at something. You're <laughs> Tip, tip number one, if you're listening, right? If you're the only one that thinks you're good at it, ding, 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 there's a warning bell. So that's uh, where I get to do that. So it's aimed at mostly personal brands. So creatives, consultants, coaches, author, speaker, even if you're a podcaster, if you're trying to start and grow a business, usually you know by yourself in some form or fashion, then that is for you. And it's some interview episodes where I'm interviewing people like John, people who are experts in and around that space. Mm-hmm. And then a lot of them are self episodes where, uh, I, like John, I'm older in life, right? I've, <laughs> I've lost my hair. John still got his, we are, we are seasoned. We are seasoned and, uh, I'm a collector of ideas. So I don't have baseball like cards. I got ideas and 
like more Evernote notes than any human I've ever met. You know what I mean? Like it's just insane. It's insane. And so it's like, this is the place where I need just the yes. Apple notes thing. I don't use Evernote. Mm-hmm. I use notes because I'm constantly talking into this thing. Yep. But yep. Honest to goodness, Robbie, in the last five years, I've given away over $10 million worth of ideas easily. Yes. Given them yes. away. That's because, because one of the things I've realized, and I, and I pardon me for interrupting. Mm-hmm. Just oh, yeah. I no, think this absolutely. is a good point, folks. First of all, I realize, and I hope you all realize, any idea that comes to you, first of all, doesn't come from you. It doesn't originate with you. It comes from another source. Robbie and I happen to believe it comes from God. You may have a different source for that. But the point we're trying to make is it doesn't originate with you. I am just a conduit. That's all I am. Because I know many times when those ideas come in, they're not for me. They're for somebody else. So my job is to take it in and pass it along. And that's why I do that. I don't lose any sleep over the fact that I gave away those ideas. None. Mm Because I knew they weren't for me. I knew I couldn't do them for whatever reason. And I bet you're the same way. Yeah. Uh, what I've noticed about my personality is I tend to collect and not look up and go, Hey, I bet these would be valuable for others. Uh, I don't intentionally hoard them, but I, that's, I'm just naturally on to the next like task or whatever. So that's really what the brand dead podcast is a place where like, you know, this is the place where those things should be released mm-hmm. and be free and be available to, to others. So that's what goes on there. It's we're, we'll talk some marketing strategy. We'll talk brand strategy. It is kind of the home base of where you can find what I have developed that, that combines kind of the ministry space with, uh, marketing and branding. And it, I I call it the radical empathy brand framework. Hmm. And so you can go, you know, check like, what the heck is that? You can go check that out. That's the framework I use for anybody and everybody I've ever worked with. So that can be personal brands, Mm-hmm. I also, I don't talk about it really on the podcast. You don't see it a whole lot on my website. You see it a little bit, but I do a fair amount of work, you know, B2B, B2C work. Mm-hmm. Um, it's not really the focus of the podcast. I do a fair amount of work in the ministry space, church planting friends, yep. other missionaries uh, that that I do some stuff for them with some other folks. Um, and I don't, any of those audiences, I use that framework every single time, every day. Okay. Well, you know, I can't leave that just sitting there. Yeah. I can't, I can't leave that framework just sitting out there. Right. People go, what is that? What does that mean? Right. How could I use it? So yeah. Come on, man. Bring yeah. It to us. yeah. So the, it's, it's really a seven step framework. It's not rocket science at all. It's, we would, I think both affirm there's nothing new under the sun. Right. <laughs> so this is a particular way. This has helped me. The reason I came up with it, it was on a, a walk over the course of several walks as I'm thinking about friends and clients of mine that are, have reached out to me for some sort of help. It could be under the kind of marketing bucket. It could be under the branding bucket. It'd be website stuff. It could be tech stuff. Um, but the common denominator is every one of them feels overwhelmed as they're trying to mm-hmm. run a business, personal brand, sure. most of them in the personal brand space. And, and so as I'm looking outside in, I'm like, well, no wonder you feel overwhelmed because there's no framework or grid through which you're trying to interpret and then make decisions on the 10 trillion things you could be doing today to run a business <laughs> in a space where everyone who thinks they can help you is telling you, oh, and the thing that I do, whether that's a social media platform or whatever, like this thing, you 
you, you should definitely be doing this thing. And so when you're like a personal brand or whatever, you know, there's a new, there's a new social media platform that's probably popped up since John and I started recording this, <laughs> right? I mean, this True. is all over the place, right? Right, right. right? And so it's not Clubhouse. Have you heard of Circus or whatever it is? You know, who knows what somebody else's green room. And yes. So you're going, oh, do I need to, you know, am I supposed to be doing, do I need to be? And then some other guru or expert's going to release another book, another framework or, and, and, and am I also supposed to be reading that thing too, while I'm on these seven new social media platforms while, and when do I actually do my business? When, when am I supposed to do that? So, oh, so they're all overwhelmed, right? <laughs> At all of this stuff. And everybody's telling me, well, you got to do whatever you do, do this. This is the most important. That's what you're, that's the input you're receiving all the time. It's all sure. of these, whether it's website platform or whatever it is, guru, right? Mm -hmm. It's like, okay, the problem is if you don't have a big picture of how all of the pieces of your business, what I call kind of the front door out, mm -hmm. how that works, then you're literally going to be a mouse on a wheel, right? At, you're, you're enslaved to whatever else comes out there that you're like, I guess I'm supposed to be doing that too. Mm. Um, and if not, how do I make decisions about that? So that's really what kind of spawned the framework. I've got to find a simple way to help folks figure out, do I need that or not right now? Mm -hmm. So the, the framework essentially has seven parts. It's a little drawing. It's simple enough that by the time I teach you somebody, you can literally draw it on a napkin. And I have before. Mm -hmm. That's what I'm simple. There's nothing I would tell you to go. I never heard that ever in my whole life. Uh, the point is you could take that. If you really listen and I made you speak it, kind of talk it back to me, mm -hmm. you could take that today and you could reproduce that for somebody else, either in your own business, friend, a marketer you're working with, a subcontractor, whatever. Perfect. Uh, and therefore, it's highly reproducible, nice. which at, which you would think, well, yeah, but it's not like earth shattering. Right. But it's actually, if it's earth shattering and you can't remember it tomorrow, it doesn't really matter. Right. It really wasn't so earth shattering then. Yeah, right. It just impressed you. It wowed you, but it didn't help you. Right. right. I mean, honestly, that's, Maybe it's just because I'm I'm getting older, but I'm at mm. the point now, if somebody's telling me something, if I don't figure out pretty quickly that it's yep. going to have impact. Yes. Right. I'm moving on. I just, so I, the, I don't have time. Exactly. Yeah. Or it's too, not there's too much. Something. Yes. Yes. Right. Just useless information. Yeah. There's not enough time. And John and I aren't going to remember it anyway, because our, our, our brains have seen their problem. So uh, the, the analogy I give is I use, and I'll do this. If I'm in a group setting, kind of teaching this, we'll start with this exercise. I'll just run through it really quick. You can get the idea, even though we can't do this in person. I get a few volunteers to come up. There's a, a jigsaw puzzle, like a thousand piece jigsaw puzzle, all mixed up on a pay on a table, right? Like a card table. And let's say John and two other volunteers, we get them to come up and, Hey, we're going to give you whatever, two minutes. How many pieces can John and these two other volunteers put together in, in two minutes, ready, set, go. And y'all start to work on this puzzle, right? You can work together. There's no parameters, however you want to do it. Then to the rest of the folks that are watching, y'all scramble and try to figure things out. You know, we'll have a little fun. How many pieces do you think John and then so-and-so and so-and-so will put together in the two minutes and get some bets and two minutes goes by, stop. And we say, okay, John, how many pieces did you get to put together? You know, normally that's like anywhere from three to 12 or something like that. 
Okay. So we got 12 pieces of a thousand piece jigsaw. Okay. The next thing I'll do is say, all right, John, here, uh, I'll pick a piece up that's not put together yet. One of those tiny little puzzle. I'll ask, John, what do you think? Take a look at that piece. What do you think that is? What do you think that the puzzle is? And you're going to say, I think it's like a picture of maybe some horses because you see this brown splot on the little hand it to the next person. The only rule is they can't guess the same thing you did. So they say, I think it's like trees or a forest. And I think it's like a leather, brown leather sofa. Mm. Great. Sit down. And we say, okay, so why were they only able to put 12 pieces together? You know, two minutes, just 12 pieces. And why did we get three remarkably different guesses <laughs> as to what this thing is? And usually somebody will, the light bulb will go off and they'll say, Hey, wait a second. You never showed us the box top of the puzzle. Mm. Right. Mm -hmm. So without that big picture box top, can you put that thousand piece jigsaw puzzle together? Sure. It's going to take you a whole lot longer and be a whole lot harder. Mm -hmm. And in the meantime, when somebody grabs that puzzle piece and says, Hey, clubhouse is the thing you need to be on clubhouse. Right. Without the context of the box top cover, you're left going, you know what? I think this, I think horses are important because this whole puzzle is about horses and that's the key. Mm. Right. So that's the analogy of the framework. Framework has seven parts. We draw a little picture, like a picture frame. Think mm. like six by four picture frame yeah. on a piece of paper, right? And we draw a cliff on the left and the right. On the left hand side, we draw a little stick figure person. And like there's your customer or your client or your audience, depending on kind of what kind of business you are, right? And they have a problem, and we write this all out. They have a problem they cannot solve or a possibility that they cannot secure. Okay. Mm. And to them, what that feels like is like they're on the edge of a cliff. They assume there's some solution out there to help them, but there's it's impossible to figure out what that is mm. or else they would do it. And you don't have a business, right? If they can figure that out without you, you don't have a business. So <laughs> right. you're like, well, they could figure it. Okay. Well then you need to find a different business because they don't <laughs> need you on the right hand cliff. Right. We draw another little, if this is a personal brand or an entrepreneur stick figure. Right. And that's you. Okay. And if they have a problem, you have the solution. Mm -hmm. If they have a possibility, which is usually for a little more kind of forward in the future, like I want to, I want to be able to have my college, my kids college, you know, saved up and, and ready to go by the time they start their freshman year. But I don't, I don't know how to do that. How would I do that? That's a, a possibility. They don't know how to go secure. Right. So it tends to be a little more for, so you have the solution to their problem or you can help them secure that possibility. Mm -hmm. Right. And so that's what you write. So then we draw a bridge, right. Let, that connects those two cliffs and, Oh, okay. This is obvious. The problem is though, we need to, you know, the, the drawing may not be to scale. That's a long way across from where they are to where you are. And that bridge, if they step a foot out there, it's going to start swaying just mm -hmm. like a, Right. And so they're going to take one step and go, whoop, can't trust. And they're going to go right back to the cliff. Okay. Mm -hmm. Meanwhile, you're over there on the other side screaming. I can, but I can help. You. I can solve the problem. I can help you. And they're going, don't care. That's too scary. So we need some support for that bridge. So we draw three of the big kind of concrete pillars that support that bridge. Right. And inside each one of those, on the first pillar, the one closest to the customer, the client, or the audience, we write the word marketing. Okay. In the middle pillar, we write the word message. And then the third pillar closest to you, we write the word brand. And then we talk a little bit about that and, and say, those are the three things that are going to support your claim that you can help them. 
Mm. In general, that's how they're going to experience them. What I find is, is uh, most businesses, mm, close to all, they have no idea. If you like force them, what's the difference between marketing and branding? They cannot tell you. They have no idea, right? Okay, so if branding is a thing and you can't distinguish the two, if it has any value, there's no way. If you don't know what it is and what distinguishes it from marketing, there's no way you can leverage it. Like we can agree. That's like saying, John, tell me, tell me three <coughs> vocabulary words you don't know right now. Just three <laughs> vocabulary words you don't you know, and you're like, I can't do that. I don't know. Okay. Right. If you don't know what branding is and how it contributes to your bottom line, how it helps you grow your business, then you can't use branding to grow your business. Mm. And most of the attention goes to marketing because that's where I get leads and it's measurable and I can run a marketing campaign and blah, blah, blah. So that's where all the talk is. That's what I don't host the marketing ed podcast. <laughs> Or the market, I host the brand ed podcast. We're going to talk about how marketing and branding are different and how you leverage both of those. The message in the middle is the one that usually gets left out for personal brands and entrepreneurs. They don't even think about, okay, if you just boil it all down, John, what is your business about? What would you tell that customer, right? Most of us can't do that. We, we don't know what we would, we fumble. Well, it's, I mean, I kind of, I kind of help. Well, it's too late, right? They put their foot out there on the bridge. It started swaying while you were going, well, it's kind of, I sort of, and they're, and they're off of that. Here's the deal, that message. So marketing is essentially about in, uh, creating awareness. Mm. It's about exp making more of those customers aware. Okay. It's, so it's about, I tell folks, it's about going wide. Mm. Okay. I, I want to make more people aware. Okay. Then we've got our core message and then we've got our brand. So marketing is about awareness. Branding is about fondness. It's about going deep. Okay. That's fundamentally the difference. Say that again for everybody. And, I, and folks, I'm taking notes for those of you who are only listening and not watching. Yeah. This, this so market, the role, the purpose of marketing is to increase awareness, make more people aware that John has a business that does ABC, whatever. Right. Mm -hmm. That's fundamentally the role of marketing. It gets them to the sales conversation. That's the job. Okay. Mm -hmm. Now the far right pillar is brand. So branding is about going deep. Marketing is about going wide. Branding is about going deep. Marketing is about increasing awareness. Branding is about increasing fondness. Here's the dirty little secret. Most of us don't realize. If you get good at branding, you can spend less money on marketing. Mm. If you get good at branding, you can spend less time, effort, and it doesn't mean you'll have to do it. Marketing's not the bad guy or whatever. But to me, so much of the spotlight gets pushed there because that's where I get my leads and I can check my conversion rate. And yes, that, that's all true. But I have sitting right over there off camera, I've got an iPad. Mm -hmm. Okay. It's an iPad Pro, fancy pencil, whatever. Right, it cost me several zeros to purchase that. Sure. I did not purchase that because I ever saw an iPad commercial. I own that thing. It has nothing to do with marketing. It has everything to do with branding. Okay, if I if we could calculate how much of my money Apple has because of branding and not marketing, we would probably could both retire. Retire. <laughs> right. Right. So um, don't be fooled. You can make over the long haul lifetime value. If people love you, they're fond of you, that's in the branding column, mm. right? There is lots of money to be had and people to serve mm -hmm. over there. Okay. So now here's the deal. That middle pillar, the core message, when you think about marketing, the last piece is 
So think about those three pillars. So if marketing is about creating more awareness, okay, it is the amplification of your core message. That's all marketing is doing is just taking whatever core message you have and amplifying it. The problem, again, most of us have is we're out there screaming through a bullhorn, but it's just, that's what it sounds like to our customer, right? The other picture I give is imagine, John, if I could say, if I'm a marketing company, this, John, I can, I can get your podcast in front of a whole, you know, way, way bigger audience. You know, oh, really? That would, be, yeah, leads, dude, leads galore. Okay. Uh, and I said, we're going to go to New York City. We're going to go to Manhattan, Tuesday morning rush hour, 8.05 a.m. I mean, when the street is just packed with commuters, I've got a spot right there on the fourth floor of this building, prime time real estate. I, on my, mine's the only spot in the whole building where you can raise the window up, okay? And from 8.05, I've bought us time for X amount of dollars you're going to pay me. From 8.05 to 8.35, we're, we're going to pop that window open and tell every single person that walks by about you and your podcast, right? We do it. I report back, John, okay, during that, you paid me X amount of dollars. We, we yelled. <laughs> we yelled at over 3,800. Our best count is 3,872 people in that 30-minute window. And you're like, wow, that's fantastic. And I say, and here's your invoice and you pay me and you're excited. I'm real excited. And I move on my next client. And you think, man, what the report, here's my return. That was great. The problem is if you're yelling at those 3000 people in Manhattan, if we generalize a little bit, right. And you're like, I'm John Hewlin and I've got an amazing podcast about relationship. What, what's 95% of those people going to do when they're on their morning commute and you interrupt them by screaming out the window that you've got a relationship, right there. If they're New Yorkers, they're not going to respond kindly. Probably, <laughs> Probably it, it might involve a middle finger. It, it's going to involve some salty language. Okay. Yeah. But you walked away from the marketing feeling great. Cause I got you in front of 3,800 people. The right. problem is we didn't, we were just amplifying noise that not only didn't help you, it probably actually harmed you. It would have been better for you not to yell at those. Now, when they think of you, mm -hmm. it's not like John Hugh. I've never heard of him. Like, oh, yeah, I, I can't stand that guy. That's right. <laughs> okay. Right. So ma marketing amplifies the message. Branding manifests. Okay. Marketing is the amplification. Branding is the manifestation. So if you don't have that message, that's why you're running around scrambling going, oh, uh, what should I put on social media? Um, how should I build my funnel? Well, you're literally drawing from scratch every single time and you don't have a message because you're like, I don't know what to amplify. I know I'm supposed to be doing marketing. So here goes another email, <laughs> weekly email. Everybody says I should be sending out an email. So here goes my email marketing. Well, what are you saying in that? I don't know. I'm just like winging it and seeing what sticks, man. That's mm -hmm. so no wonder guys call me, gals call me and they're overwhelmed. That's, sure. that's a right. So that's last two pieces of the framework real quick up at the top. Then, so we draw on that whole picture, right up at the top. We write the words radical empathy. This is technically like, if you're thinking of this as a picture frame, we're writing that like on the wooden part of the frame. So we're like engraving mm. two words, radical empathy. Okay. It's the first thing we've done outside of the picture frame, mm. right? Everything else we've drawn, like in the picture that would go in the frame. Yeah, yeah. And my argument is I think that everything we just described, that customer, your business, the marketing, the 
core message, the brand you want to create, mm -hmm. all of that needs to be done out of a radical empathy for that customer, client, or audience. Mm. And it's not over. Like, this is what people pay me to do. I tell, like, once someone signs a contract with me, I'm like, okay, I'm going to break the news to you now. What you're actually paying me, about 95% of what I'm going to do for you is I'm going to be an advocate for your customer. Mm. I'm not going to help you with, well, how can I go get? And like, no, 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 no. Like you're, I'm going to show you how to develop radical empathy for them. And then you can skip a thousand marketing books. You don't need to read them anymore. Not that again, they're not helpful, but like if you, if you have actual empathy, that's a human, it's not a customer. It's not an avatar. We don't, I don't develop an avatar do a customer transformation profile. Mm -hmm. uh, like, cause you can't help them transform their lives. Then I would say, keep, keep looking. Um, don't just take their money. Right. And then the last piece of the framework at the very bottom, this is the one you talk about. And we just talked about before we hopped on the podcast, nobody wants to talk about at the very bottom on the bottom of the picture frame. So this, we're writing on the wood again, we're engraving this on the bottom of the frame. Mm -hmm. We write three words, character that leads to values mm -hmm. and that leads to purpose. Right? So, Here's the reality most folks don't want to talk about. They can help you with their marketing, branding, business strategy, pricing structures, blah, 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 blah. They don't want to touch that bottom part. For let's sure. talk about your character, right? So you want to grow your business? Let's make sure we grow your character. Mm. Most people don't do that. Here's the reality you and I both know. Because we are seasoned. I like how you said that. <laughs> uh, folks, if you're listening in and you, if you run a business or brand, entrepreneur, personal brand, whatever, all that personal brand is going to do, it's just going to squeeze out what's already on the inside. For sure. Right? So if you get angry at your vendors or you can't stand some of your customers or clients, um, it's not your vendor's fault. It's all that personal brand is going to do is give opportunity for some of that ugly stuff in our character, which we all have. It's going to come to the surface. Always. Okay. And... What you will and will not do in your marketing, what you're willing to say, whether you'll shade the truth, will you'll kind of draw the spotlight over here away from this part of your product or service that isn't that great or whatever. Mm -hmm. That's all based on your character, right? The only reliable checks and balances for, for authentically marketing and branding your business, the only reliable checks and balances is your own personal character. Cause you can fool the customer. You can fool John and I, mm -hmm. you can fool your family, right? The only checks and balance, like, is this authentic? Is this real in your marketing, in your core message, in your branding? Like, is this true? Or are you shading the truth? The only check and balance is your character. Mm. Right. For sure, man. You can, you can fool me all day long. So that's the radical empathy brand framework. You can draw it on a napkin. <laughs> Before you buy the next book, do I need so-and-so's framework? Do I need whatever? Most of the frameworks out there that I've come across uh, are phenomenal. This tells me where they fit. Yes, yes. Right? So I go, sure, I need help with my fill-in-the-blank email marketing thing. I'm going to go buy so-and-so's book, and he's going to, okay, where does that fit? Well, that's in my marketing column. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And it's going to, but I don't have my message defined yet. So I know Robbie reminded me, this is just an amplification of my core. I probably should work on that core message first. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. 
That's huge. And my brand is a manifestation of my core message. I don't really know exactly who my customer is. Okay. If you don't know who you're yelling at when you open the window in Manhattan, like let's figure that out before you just start yelling. Yes. Cause you could be in the wrong location. Absolutely. You, at the you wrong may, time. You I mean, may need <laughs> to be in, in Bismarck. Yep. On the yep. street talking to people. Yeah. Maybe yep. that's where you need to be. Yeah. Yeah. It's, so that's it. That's where, that's where it came from. It makes me think of, uh, and I, I've used this analogy before, uh, when it comes to, when we're pursuing clients, essentially yep. we're, hunt, we're hunting, Yep, is what we're doing. So are we going to use a rifle or are we going to use a shotgun? Mm-hmm. A rifle, you can be pretty far away and shoot that. And as long as you know what you're doing, you'll hit. Mm. With shotgun... You can't be that far away for it to be effective because the actual weapon itself, the the bullet, they Mm -hmm. they scatter, go everywhere. They used to call them scatter guns. Um, If we take that same approach to our business, to our marketing, Mm -hmm. which leads eventually to our branding, if we take that shotgun approach, we're never going to hit it. We're never going to know who it is. Mm-hmm. And so I, I tell people all the time, it's like, look, you need to know who you are. Mm-hmm. That's the very first thing. If we want to mm-hmm. talk about your business, I'd be happy to talk about this. If you don't know you, how are you going to know them? Mm-hmm. You're not going to know them. You got to know you first. Because who you are, your purpose comes out of that. Your purpose, mm-hmm. purpose is woven into who you are. Mm-hmm. It's, it's not something you just slap on there and add on that can be unclicked and just stick a different one in if that doesn't work. That's not how purpose is. It's very much tied to who you are. And so that's what I hear you saying there when it comes to that whole idea of branding, marketing, but ultimately it's the message and the message is coming from us. Mm-hmm. So knowing ourselves is huge. Thank you for explaining that framework. Oh my gosh. I can't even begin to imagine. Do you have that framework? Like, um, it's drawn out. You do. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. I'll give that to you afterward. I'll give you the URL. Uh, You can go listen to the podcast. The first several episodes walk you through each one of the pieces, the seven part framework. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, there's a place where you can go grab the drawing. Cause again, on a podcast, you're like, well, I can't, I can hear what you're saying, but I can't see. So that's right. Okay. Folks, just so you know, it'll be in the show notes. We'll have a link, not only to what Robbie was talking about, but I'll link to each of those particular episodes of his podcast that talk about this because it is that important. It is that important, not because it's Robbie's framework. That's not what I'm trying to say here. This whole idea of this radical empathy and figuring all of this stuff out, it is the lens through which you view everything. It allows you to be able to see clearly what you should do and many times more importantly, what you should not do Mm -hmm. or who you should not have as a client. Because if no one's ever told you this before, your friend John's here. I'm going to tell you the truth. Not everybody is your client. Right. Not everybody. Because you're not for everybody. Mm-hmm. That's that shotgun approach stuff. And it doesn't work. Yeah. yeah. I say most of the time, when personal brands don't have this figured out, <laughs> uh, you end up 
pitching to everybody, getting heard by nobody and settling for anybody. Right. And so many of us out there are like, Oh dang it. That's me. (laughs) Pitch to everybody. There's the shotgun heard by nobody. So nothing lands. Those pellets Mm -hmm. just kind of land on the ground uh, and then settling for anybody that will come along. For sure. For sure. You know, one of the things I wanted to talk to you was, was about your, uh, your life giving manifesto, but Mm -hmm. given how much we just talked about related to the framework, I'm wondering if that may be an opportunity for us to visit again in a future episode and go a little deeper into that. I would say it, it's that bottom part of the framework, right? (laughs) So Mm -hmm. character values, purpose, that's where this comes from. That's where this fits in. So yeah, if that may fit on another episode or something, that'd be great. But, and folks, I definitely want to hear back from you. So give me some feedback if you guys are digging Robbie and what he's talking about and the message that he's bringing, because this really is his message that we're hearing right now. Mm-hmm. And it's really resonating with me. And I think that it will resonate with you as well. So give me your feedback, because I think you would totally dig his manifesto because it is awesome. So let me ask you about this, because mm-hmm. my initial connection to you is through mutual people that we know. I'm thinking specifically about Mike Kim. Mm -hmm. Uh, Mike has been a guest on this particular podcast two times. Uh, For those of you who haven't heard a previous episode of mine that have Mike in them, they happen to be episodes 32 and 52, just so that you know. Um, And I only know that because they both ended with a two. Honestly, that's how Mm, I remember. Yeah. (laughs) It was not on purpose. That's just how it worked out. Because Mike has a new book, You Are the Brand. That, yes. that just came out. Mike's phenomenal. You guys know that about him. If you don't, check out my interviews with Mike. Um, they're, they're really good, and he's just a super good dude. But I know that you have worked with him related to website stuff, so I want to talk to you just briefly mm-hmm. about that. Sure. And I just want to know, because any entrepreneur who's listening to this right now continually wonders this. <laughs> what makes a website, great, useful, functional, as opposed to most that are out there that are garbage? Mm -hmm. Well, it's not the platform. That's what most people start with. Like, (laughs) hey, should I be on, right? Or I'm on, I need a new one. What should I do, right? And that's understandable because that for most of that's a pain point. We're not, this is not our world, right? Right. And it's like, this is is the migraine you have to kind of, deal with for most of sure. us yep. in our business. We don't get excited. We don't wake up in the morning. Man, I can't wait to tackle that old website thing. Right. Yeah. And here's the other, here's the other thing I tell like, that's kind of the bad news. Bad news gets worse. Like just having a website, like everybody's every, all the competition, if you're a consult, all the other consultants, all the other coaches, all the other, whatever, fill in the blank of whatever it is kind of you primarily do. Like if you get a website up, congratulations, you just caught up with the crowd of <laughs> other folks that also do that, right? So right. you don't need a website. I, I tell folks all the time, man, we need a new website. Mike. You don't need a website. You need a website that works, but you don't just need a website. Mm. Like that, that's, that just puts you right back in the herd at best. You got left behind if you didn't have one. Now you caught back up in the herd. Now you're one of, you know, 8 million wildebeest <laughs> tracking across the Sahara. What makes you stand out or special than anybody else? So uh, it's not, it's not those things, although it's understandable um, why we would start there. So if we go back to the framework talk, 
that's approaching that from our side of the cliff, right? Like what okay. platform should I be on? What, what, and there's nothing like, you got to figure that out, but no customer has ever asked you, John, John, I want to hire you by the way, what website platform or is your, no. like they don't no. care, right? Don't Nobody that they don't know. They don't care. Okay. So for validation purposes for most people. Yes. They, they, they don't care. So what makes a website work? I'll, I'll give a, a few of the tips and tricks, and then we'll give them some ways they can go maybe find out the rest. There's, there's really like seven secrets. We'll talk about the, the first couple of secrets. Okay. When somebody hits your site and these are, again, they're not like necessarily rocket science, but you'd be surprised at how many of us miss the mark here. Okay. So regardless of what platform it's on, none of that, set that aside for now. We can figure that out later. If we don't figure this out, it doesn't matter. So that's why we're starting here. Okay. When someone hits your website, the first thing you want to know is the problem you solve, right? The, or the possibility you help them secure. So we're right back to the framework. Okay. So I hit your site. I want to start a podcast. John's got a podcast. I go to his site. Does John have anything? Does he help other people start a podcast? Right. That if they, they'll give you two seconds. And if they're up there at the top, it doesn't say that John helps people start their, they're gone. Yep. So even if John does, if it's, if he doesn't say it, they're, they're going to look for somebody else. Okay. Okay. The next thing they want to know. So that's the first thing. What problem do you solve or possibility do you help me secure? Okay. Like, right. And you've got like milliseconds mm -hmm. <laughs> for sure. For sure. Um, literally Google has done the research. A first people form a first impression of your website, literally faster than light that first impression hits faster. It's point something, something, something milliseconds when they go, mm, right? So that initial trust, I put my foot out there on the bridge, back to our radical empathy brand framework. Mm -hmm. They'll figure out whether or not to even stick their foot out there faster than lightning, literally. Not metaphorically, <laughs> literally faster. Okay, so what problem do you solve? The next thing they want to know, oh, John does help podcasters start. Pro Who do you do that for? Oh, he does that for ministries and I'm starting a, oh, he does that for corporate. Oh, he does that for whatever. Or, oh, he does that for aspiring young entrepreneurs. Mm -hmm. Oh, okay. Right. So what problem do you solve or possibility secure? Oh, cool. That's the one I have. It's the problem I have or the possibility I don't know how to make happen. Mm -hmm. Do you do that for me? People like me. So what people do you solve that for? Mm -hmm. Right. And then here's where a lot of us miss it. Here's the third one. And we'll tell you where you can go get the rest of them. But a lot of us miss the third one, which is, okay. And what product do you offer? So that problem you solve, where do you like, how do I pay you for that? Mm. <laughs> You'd be shocked at how many person, oh, I help, you know, blah, 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 create, blah, blah, sales funnels and help them grow leads. Okay. Well, what product do you offer? How do you package that up in something I can actually pay you for? Mm. Right. And they'll like search for a few minutes. Cause they're, you got them all excited. Right. They're like, I don't know how to get you to solve my problem. <laughs> this is that retail experience, John, we've all had when you were like, I am here. I want to buy this from you. Can somebody please take my money? Like, where is somebody that works? Like, I literally, I've got the thing I want. I'm looking for you. I'm begging you to allow me to give you my money. And I can't find anyone who will take my money. Mm. And man, there's nothing more frustrating than 
like this is not a hot lead here. Like I'm, I'm right. I got my money out. Just anyone that can take this from me. Right. Uh, and that's the experience for a lot of folks is like, oh, I think they could help me. Oh yeah. It looks like they saw the problem I'm, I'm looking for help with for people like me. I don't know what to pay you for. <laughs> Where do I go get that help? Mm. Um, so those are the, like, you got to nail those first three fairly quickly. Um, it, or none of that other stuff matters. Mm. What platform I'm on and should I use this for my email marketing tied into that or lead magnet stuff or right. Cause I mean, they'll give you all this is, I tell everybody I work with, like, here's, here's the other sober reality for all of us. Uh, everyone else that you want to go serve the people on the little cliff on the left-hand side, your client, customer, audience, whatever, all of them they're Here's the bad news. Like sit down folks. If you're listening to this, you want to take the, they're just as busy as you are today. Oh yeah. Right. It's just not with any of the stuff that you're concerned about. So your, your goal this year to launch your force first course or product, they could care less about that. Mm. They don't care about your second quarter goals to increase your email list by blah, blah, blah. That's how so much of what we do gets framed. That's why the radical empathy brand framework exists. Like, okay, that's important. You and your business coach came up with that. Good. <laughs> you want to grow your email list to blah, blah, blah subscribers. Great. You want to price your products in this tiered way. Great. I help folks with that same thing too. Now, the minute you step outside your front door, so to speak, right? And you go deal with real people. None of them care about any of that stuff. Right. But we're, we're, we're sending out emails in the hopes of accomplishing. I'm trying to grow my email list here. Mm. Okay. And that's the way the whole thing gets framed. Right. Which is like your customer just doesn't care how many subscribers are on your email list and what your growth goals are this next quarter. So same thing with your website, man. You got to tell them those three things fast. Fantastic. Wow. That was so good. And folks, for those of you who are able to watch uh, the video form of this podcast, if you saw my head turning to the side and my arm kind of moving, I was taking notes, folks. I mean, that's how good this stuff is and how important it is. So I, I don't make this recommendation all the time, but I'm going to make it now. And that is, especially if you're like working out while you're listening to this, I'm going to highly <laughs> recommend, or if you're in the car, Go back, listen to this episode again with pen and paper in hand, write stuff down. Now that's how I do it. Now there's, mm -hmm. there's some neurology reasons that I say that because it actually sticks better in your memory. If yeah. you're actually physically writing it down mm -hmm. and folks, just so you know, I have an expert coming on to talk to us about that kind of thing. Uh, things related to the brain, brain stuff, uh, I have an upcoming episode related to that too. So Stay tuned for more information about that because it's really, really, to me, it's very interesting, but it's also very mm -hmm. helpful. But that's what I was doing. I was writing that down. And so I highly recommend listening to this episode again, because there's so much good stuff here from Robbie. Oh my gosh, so many good things. But I have to, I would, I would not be doing you, the audience, justice if I did not talk to Robbie about stuff that's related to relationships, because that is so critically important, both personally and professionally. So Robbie, let me ask this. What are you doing right now to improve, enhance, make better your relationships at home? And what impact do those relationships have on your business? 
Mm. Yes. Uh, there's, yeah, we, we couldn't spend enough time talking about how important that is for your business. Right. Mm. So for me, what I work on and kind of prioritize first is working on me. Right. Yeah. So that's the beginning of every day. So I used to be an evening. Well, used to be for the majority of my life, I would be the evening person, right? Mm -hmm. Much easier for me to stay up, you know, later at night than to, I was not a morning person. Mm -hmm. um, I kind of made the decision to see if I couldn't switch that. <laughs> That's probably three, three-ish years ago, three or four years ago. Okay. And, um, effectively made the switch. I'm now the old guy at nine 30. That's like, I gotta, I gotta go to bed <laughs> because I'm getting up tomorrow morning. Um, early every morning, the alarm stays the same 24, seven, 365 right now. Mm -hmm. uh, so 4th of July, Christmas, it's just easier for me to not do the, you know, occasionally I'll sleep, but for the most part, like I keep it steady. That keeps the rhythm going. So that's, how I start is, um, I'm hanging out, uh, in, in the, in the mornings quietly. Okay. Learning to practice some silence and solitude, even just three minutes, like no phone, no nothing. Right. Mm -hmm. And then I'm spending some time hanging out with people who did life in a very different culture and context than us. <laughs> Mm, because mm -hmm. I think our current context and culture is about the worst one that's ever existed for how do you live an unhurried life, right? Oh, well, and this is yeah, the worst true. time on the planet <laughs> to ever live to go. Oh, and I also don't want to be in a hurry. Uh, it's just the air that we air that we breathe. So I found that if you want to get help with that, it's oftentimes pretty foolish to look to the culture to help you mm -hmm. solve one of the primary uh, sicknesses of the culture we live in. Yeah. So like hang out with anyone from about like 1930 or earlier, <laughs> like, like you need to be doing life with them. The only way you can usually is through some sort of book or whatever. So for me, I'm usually very slowly chewing on, you know, the Bible. So okay. I'm hanging out in a culture and in a context that did life radically different than the way it looks like now. Mm -hmm. And, um, I'm not racing through a plan. Like the, the purpose is for me to work on me mm -hmm. and to just breathe, take a look so that I can be a good husband and a good dad. Okay. The rest of the time, the other things that I do is I want to do regular life with regular people. Okay. Okay. Outside of my business. What does it have to do with your business? If the only people, you know, are like business people, cause they're in your mastermind group or whatever, like, I would recommend, um, I mean, you need to be doing normal life <laughs> with normal people. I don't, yeah. If you're in your twenties or thirties, like this thing will eat you alive. Mm -hmm. It will eat you alive. It's not going to stop. It's never going to say, Hey, I'm your personal brand here. I'm your entrepreneurial business here. I just looking out for you. I think you need to take a break. It will never do that. It will run you into the ground. <laughs> it makes a really crappy master. You know, right. I, I heard this quote from, uh, from John Ortberg years ago. Mm. He said, 
now this is the context you need to understand. John Orberg mm -hmm. is a pastor, for those of you who don't know that, but it still applies whether you're a person of faith or not. And that is this, the most spiritual thing, and I'm going to translate it also as the most practical thing that you can do is take a nap. Mm -hmm. Yeah, many that's of fairly us, regular for that's me. That's what we need to do. Yeah, there's lots of famous people that you wouldn't mind being like pretty good nappers. Lots of presidents, um, took that afternoon nap. You know, all the, all the grandparents we made fun of now that I'm on this like schedule where I get up early, like, mm -hmm. well, no, duh. that's why they take a nap every <laughs> afternoon at two 30. They've <laughs> literally been up like 12 hours, 14 hours already. Um, yeah. you know, the other thing with that, I was literally just reading somewhere else the other day, like, you know, before Edison invents the light bulb, average person sleeping 11 hours a night. So wow. we look at these old people, man, they're up at 4 a.m., you know, doing something productive. I could never do that. Well, dude, it's winter. And they went to bed at 545 when it got dark outside. Yeah. So, yeah, come four in the morning. They're just sitting there in bed going, I, I can't sleep anymore. <laughs> I'm sleep for 11 and a half hours. I'm going to get up and do something productive. And we were like, I could never get up at four and do. Well, no. Now, if you go to bed at 1130, you can't, can't do that. So that's the first thing I'm doing. Mm -hmm. is me second thing i'm doing i'm trying to do regular life with regular people okay. that aren't all entrepreneurs and and all that kind of stuff and then you know now my kids are probably somewhat similar in age to years i have a one that's my daughter will be a senior in college my middle mm -hmm. son will be a sophomore in college and my youngest will be a sophomore in high school so um you know that always changes in when their kind of seasons of life change how you relate and what you're doing Oh, for sure uh, changes because two of them are off at you know college and one one's still here but uh, they're home all home this summer mm -hmm. which is always fun so there are different ways they're actually involved in kind of my business like you mentioned your son and some different ways i can't do full-time stuff because they're students or whatever um but yeah we're we're hopefully i'm, I'm trying to do normal life with them mm -hmm. i'm trying to set up a context um I have probably more actively in the past when they're all under the roof here living that they see, I have a certain way. I think the home should be used, mm -hmm. right? Um, it's not just a retreat where we come retreat and lock the doors and, uh, okay. um, right. It's, it's also for others. <laughs> so yeah. trying to, trying to model that. And obviously that encroaches upon them and their life Yeah, because um, people are over and, like, yeah, this is what it looks like to do, you know, real life with people. Um, <laughs> and so, and then there is, there's business relationships where I am getting input and help. I'm old enough now to, I know where a lot of my weaknesses are, where I'm going to get stuck or whatever. So mm -hmm. I've got people giving input to that. You know, I will tend to overanalyze analysis paralysis. That would be on that end of the spectrum. Oh, you sure. know, there are others I've worked with that are ready to shoot aim some point, maybe later. Right. Mm -hmm. Um, you need to know where you are on that. So you can get other folks, you give them permission to say, John, dude, that's good enough. Let her, let her fly, man. Or whoa, 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 whoa. Before you let that fly. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. do you realize what that could do or what the, Oh, I hadn't thought about that. So yeah, th those are the ways it's mostly doing life in relationship and community and setting up a rhythm of life that my business, I could probably do more things and make more money. Mm -hmm. uh, and I'm not real interested in it. I mean, I want to grow my business like anyone else, but I'm not putting that on the altar, my life on the altar of, and I want to be super successful like so-and-so. Um, so you got to make those choices. 
You know, what, sure. one of the things you need to do is define what success looks like for you. Yes. Before you go chasing it. Okay. Once you get in the race, man, it's too late. I learned that lesson. This is speaking of relationships. I can remember I was in college, uh, had a buddy and somehow we, he was dating someone rather seriously, you know, they were probably going to get engaged. I, I wasn't dating anyone at the time. And we were talking about some stuff and, um, he just kind of laid out some of his kind of, kind of core commitments, you know, mm. that sounded a little crazy and we're idealistic 19, 20, 21 year olds back then. Okay. So take everything with a grain of salt, but like, not going to say, I love you until I'm engaged. Right. I'm not just going to throw that word around. Yeah. That was like, um, and then there were, there were a few others like that. And so I, I, I took some time to think about that. You know, what do I want to do? Um, I made those decisions, some kind of those core commitments. I think this is what feels, you know, right for me. Uh, and then met who would eventually become my wife. Okay. So mm-hmm. I was able from the get-go to say, Hey, by the way, as we consider possibly, you know, pursuing a relationship that's serious, like here's kind of the core commitments, a whole lot easier to do that than to date a beautiful young 21, 22 year old and figure it out, you know, three months in, like maybe where, what lines do I want to draw? Where are the boundaries? Like, dude, it is too late when you're oh, way too late. Right. 20, 21, 22 year old dude, like, Oh, too late, bro. You're already in the ring. Oh yeah. So. Well, you don't have to be 21 for that to be true. You could be no, 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 like no. me. So, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so that's why I say that, like it, you need to figure that out, success out before you get caught up in the, because man, the world's got a definition. Yeah. Well, what's Robbie's definition? Loud and clear. What's Robbie's definition? I, I think that that's where it gets back to that brand manifesto, right? Uh, if I boil it down, I say a lot, and every podcast episode, go and build a life-giving brand. Okay. Oh, well, what is a life-giving brand? The simplest definition is a life-giving brand is a brand in which both my customer, client, or audience, and me get life from it. Okay. Okay. I don't take advantage of anybody. I don't get more life by taking some from you. (laughs) Like, Hey, do you know, if you'll do this with your marketing and pack it with these emotional words up front, buying, you know, increases by X percentage. Okay. So do I just manipulate people with that? Like, how do I use that? How do I leverage that responsibly? (laughs) The fact Mm -hmm. that I could manipulate you psychologically because I know this about your brain and how you're wired and your primate, part of your brain. And if I say this, like I can have you eating out of the palm of my hand, that's all over the place out there. Yeah. That, that goes back to the only checks and balances, your character to go, "Mm, I'm not, I don't think I'm going to go there. So I would say a it's success for me is building a life-giving brand where I am blessing both customer and that business blesses me. It doesn't crush me. doesn't kill me. doesn't burn me out. doesn't ruin my life. Doesn't make my kids hate me. Mm-hmm. Doesn't make my wife go, are you doing another stupid podcast <laughs> interview? It doesn't make my customers go, yeah, I bought some stuff from him. Uh, you know, I don't know. He kind of oversold, mm-hmm. overpromised, mm-hmm. underdelivered. delivered um, No, working with him. Here, here's the other way I'll, I'll say it. Uh, so radical empathy, I find it's, it's the difference between the work you do for your clients mm-hmm. and the heart you have for your clients. Those are two very different things. Mm. The work you do for them. I do really good work for them. 
Mm -hmm. Okay. And the heart you have for them. It's two very different things. For sure. I want to build a brand where I have a heart for the people I serve and it's forced that brand manifesto. Like I've literally had to go back and read it at some times when I've gotten kind of crossways with some clients and I go, okay, how am I going to handle this? Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. To go practice what I podcast. So to speak. that's right. That's right. <laughs> Absolutely. All right. Well, we're getting close to wrap up time, but before we do that, Robbie, how can people find you? Yep. You can go to Robbie F.com R O B B Y. It's the Y spelling, not the I E. Everyone does IE, um, the Y, <laughs> R-O-B-B-Y-F.com. Believe I purchased that domain name like in 2003. I'd have to go. Wow. Look. So I, we've had that one. Like, how'd you get one so short? Because I got it. When, <laughs> I couldn't get Robbie. He was a famous, I'm a famous football striker, like soccer player in England. Yes. I didn't know that. Oh, I did if you not Google that. search, that's who shows up first. Is that guy? Yes. Uh, I, I realized I... It's a whole nother story, but I took a trip to London uh, for business when I was working at startup company. And man, when I would say my name over there and only way I knew what the heck, like, why are they responding is because I had played, I mean, old, old, old FIFA soccer on like the original PlayStation with England, <laughs> like Euro. So and I remember him coming in as a sub and like, literally I'm like, oh, they think I'm the Robbie Fowler. And then so anyway, yeah. So RobbieF.com. Uh, you could do that. You can search up the brand Ed. Those are space in between those, not branded, but brand one word Ed, like Ed educational uh, brand Ed podcast, and you can find out more there. And Instagram, all that stuff. Just look me up. You can find me. But those are the two easiest places. Gotcha. And again, folks, we'll be sure to include that in the show notes for you. All right, Robbie, we're coming up to our final four. Just four quick questions. Tell me the first thing that pops in your head. Mm -hmm. Okay. Are you ready? I'm nervous. I should. Okay. Nervous. Well, I, I can tell you this of the four, the first one's probably the hardest of the four. Okay. But Let's I do don't it. think it'll be that hard. All right. So here it is. Question one. Why did God create Robbie? See, I'm a thinker. Why did God create Robbie? <laughs> um, to bring, to be, and to bring good news to others. All right. I dig that, man. All right. Question number two. What are you doing reading or listening to right now that's helping you grow? Boy, I listen to a lot. <laughs> I read a little because that's a challenge for me. It takes me a long time to problem. I'm a slow processor. No, so I, I listen that. to a lot. Um, well, let me offer and, this to you, this suggestion, by the way, when it comes to the reading part, if that's hard as far as the processing stuff is concerned, um, if you're talking specifically about, this applies to books more than anything. If you can have the actual book, in the audio version mm -hmm. and yep. do it at the same time, yep. your retention rate goes up astronomically. Yeah. And played that. it one and a half speed. Yeah. I've done that with the magic of yeah, Amazon and all that stuff. Yeah. That only problem is just a suggestion. It's it, it gets expensive, you know. You're like, oh my gosh, yes, copies of the oh book. So totally I, I've done that, but man, I, I looked long and hard. Like, is this one of the ones that I that do? So what I'm one of the things I'm listening to, this is this is crazy. Uh, the again, the dirty, dirty little secret is 99.9% of what I do on the whole business front or whatever comes from the first few chapters of Genesis. Wow. So I spend a lot of time um, like listening to theological stuff from for me. Oh, like, isn't that what you would be listening to if you're a pastor or whatever? Yeah. 
Um, you want to talk about knowing how humans work, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. what we're chasing, what we're after, <laughs> what prevents me from giving John, selling John something that I'm really good at selling him because I'm good at marketing. I've learned this, but harms him. Mm -hmm. That's all right. I can make money off of, but it's not good for him. But right. You know, if he wants to buy it, it's not my problem. Let him. <laughs> right. Uh, so I actually listened to like the Bible project podcast a ton. Mm. Um, and what it does, it takes all that seminary stuff where I learned it in an environment that was far too fast, speaking of <laughs> slow processor. And what I have found is that's just kind of been simmering on a crock pot for years. Uh, yeah. Like you, I was finished that in 99, 95 okay. to 99, I think. Gotcha. Um, and it really activates that. And then my mind makes so many connections to business mm. and the people I'm working with. But the radical empathy brand framework comes right out of Genesis too. Nice. Okay. So that helps my business because it helps me. Okay. Well, yeah, exactly. Exactly. All right. Um, this is a two-part question and you'll understand why when I ask it. What do you do for fun? And what do you do for fun with your family? I do tennis for fun. Okay. And... A lot of the times I do tennis, particularly with my two boys for fun. It's one of my favorite things about tennis mm. is nowadays. Now, when we were kids, different. You could go play catch with dad. Now, like if you want to play baseball or like you got to go join some league and right. And dad, Mike could coach the rest of the time you're on the side. Tennis is one of the few sports I can go hit today with my 15 year old and my 19 year old. Mm. We can mm. all get on the court. I don't just go watch. Good yeah. job, son, or whatever. Right. So that is something we uh, will all do. Except my wife doesn't play quite as much, but and now the fifteen on the nineteen year old can take your head off, right? <laughs> I bet. <laughs> like, so my wife's like, I'm not getting out there with them. We tried it with my daughter; it was comical. Um, so she will usually kind of put put up with us. So yeah, we're we're just hanging out and doing life together. But for fun, it's oftentimes playing tennis myself or getting to play with the boys, which is still a blast. Cool. Okay. And our final question, number four, what are you most grateful for? What am I most grateful for? Man, I hesitate to give you the very real, but very cheesy sounding answer. Um, you know, I, I am most thankful for amazing grace that's found in a person. You can, a concept. Say, you can say who that person yeah, is. Yeah. That doesn't he's, bother me. He's got a very real name and his name is Jesus. Yeah. Well, for those of you who are listening to this podcast for the very first time um, and you don't know much about John, first of all, you need to go back and listen to some prior episodes to learn more about me. But let me fill you in on something. I know why Robbie was hesitating on his answer. And it's understandable because he doesn't know who everybody is who's going to be listening to this. And I can tell you this. I am a person of faith. I am a Jesus follower. That is who I am through and through. It's not a part of who I am. It is who I am. It permeates everything I am and everything that I do. And Robbie is the same way. And so if that is offensive to you, I apologize. Not, I don't apologize for my faith. I apologize that somehow that bothers you. But I think if you'll take a little bit of time to listen to not just the full extent of this episode, but the breadth and the depth of the episodes that I've done prior to this, you'll see that my heart is for you. It is mm -hmm. for 
people. And that comes from my faith. That's where that comes from. And I feel very safe in saying that Robbie would agree with me. Yep. Wholeheartedly. All right. So Robbie, thank you so much you for your time today. I really do appreciate it. And again, there were so many other things that I wanted to get to that we didn't have time to get to, but all that means is we just need to have you back. Yeah, That's just what absolutely. that means. Yeah. We'll double dip for sure. Absolutely. <laughs> Definitely have to do that. So folks, thank you very much for tuning in today. A um, couple quick things. And I try to do this at the end of every podcast. First thing is this. I want you to know how much I appreciate you spending your time, which is your most precious resource because it is not renewable. And I know that. And I don't take lightly the fact that you took time to listen and or watch this. That means the world to me. In addition to that, if you could let me know what you think about this particular podcast and this episode specifically, um, one of the ways that I know about that are ratings and reviews. Those are huge. They're the lifeblood of every podcast. Robbie knows this. Um, it makes it easier for folks to be able to find us the first time when it comes to searching. Now, obviously, I have a very unique last name, so that makes it easier. But um, anything we can do to help raise that up, we definitely want to do. So please let me know what you think. Uh, if you want to send me a DM, you guys can find me everywhere. I'm just at John Hewlin. Pick a platform. I'm there. Me, I respond to the messages, not somebody else, not some bot. I do it. So I will get back to you. Would love to hear from you. Love to hear what you think. If there's some future episodes that you would like to hear, a specific subject or a particular person you think, that would be a cool person for you to interview. I'm always open to that. As long as it, there's certain criteria it meets, I don't have any issue with that. So... Thanks again for being here, Robbie. Thank you again for your time so much for being here. It just it meant the world to me. You bet. Thank you, John. Thank you all for tuning in, and we will talk to you guys next time. Bye, everybody. Thanks for listening to Relationships and Revenue. I'd love to get your thoughts on the show. Two ways you can do that are to give us a rate and review and or connect with me on social media. You can find me at John Hewlin. Thanks again for listening, and remember... Passion gets you started. Purpose keeps you going. Have a great day, and we'll see you next time. Bye.